return of the Indigo Group Welsh Premiership. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast. We'll hear about the benefits of the Principality Stadium to the Welsh Government and speak to a Welsh gold medalist in a bit. But first, next Thursday sees the start of the Indigo Group Welsh Premiership with Aberavon and Swansea kicking off the new Thursday night TV games streamed by S4C. A chance to hear from some of the coaches ahead of the new season. Jason Hayed, Aberavon RFC. So what sort of shape are you after two years? Um, it's We've obviously had a good start to the season. We've delighted with where we are at top of the West Division. It was a bit strange, you know, we came back after almost two years out and we were winning games differently to how Aberavon had sort of been winning them in the past. We were getting a lot of scrum penalties, a lot of line-out drives and, you know, I suppose getting off to a winning start was important. But it's probably the last three games we sort of putting it all together, you know. Our bowling playtime was excellent against Bridgend and, and we've sort of just sort of just, just clicked really. There's a lot of work gone in into the practice sessions and... Uh, so yeah, you know, we, we're playing some nice stuff and come out in Quinns, you know, we put some really nice tries together. We're scoring lots of tries, we're averaging nearly 30 points a game and it's just nice now to, I think everyone's relaxed, taking a deep breath and and sort of just enjoying it now, you know, it's, I think everyone was tense coming back in but I think everyone's relaxed now and normal rugby has been resumed. Started the season effectively in December, Yeah, that's a bit strange, how have you kept it all together over the last you know, 18, 19, 20 months. When we first went into lockdown, it was so sudden, you know, it wasn't sort of, you know, it was literally overnight. You know, we were playing Llandavry on a Friday. The game was cancelled on, on that, I think it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. At that time, you know, I think the Welsh game was cancelled and then our game was cancelled straight after and then the following week we went into lockdown. So I think everyone was in shock to start and sort of asking how long is this going to last, as, as we all were. But during the off period, you know, we did probably the same as most other clubs in terms of Zoom and sort of utilising the technology. The players were really active helping the communities which you know kept, everyone was proud of that the way the Aberavon squad pulled together was doing everything from delivering prescriptions and food shopping and whatever and then we sort of drip fed the players back to fitness so we started back training on a voluntary basis once a week because we knew there was going to be maybe some anxiety and as we've talked about online you know uh, one of our players in particular, Lee Pennell, suffered with uh, some uh, some mental health issues and, and he was very uh, brave and shared it with the squad and no doubt that went out and, and helped other teams, not just in the Premiership, but throughout Wales, you know, and probably in the pro game as well, you know, it was quite a stressful situation for everyone. So very proud of Lee for the way he managed that. And, and then obviously we, we started back, as I said, on a voluntary basis and, and then we gradually built it up and then the fixtures were announced and and then we, we started with the cup and that's been great for us you know we we were desperate to qualify for it we wanted to finish in the top two and have a home draw and that's led now into obviously the league started yeah it's been a good transition in fairness i think i think we managed it fairly well we've had a, our fair share of injuries which we expected you know 18 months is a long time without contact but we're managing it and uh, as i said we're seeing some starting to see some good rugby who are the people that we should be looking out for in our Brabham jerseys? If we look at the youngsters, we've got a good relationship at the moment with the Ospreys and we've got some really good young players coming through. Uh, Dan Edwards at 10 has just been uh, asked to train with the Welsh 20, so we're really hopeful he's going to get pulled in. He's only 18 years of age, so he's two years too young. 
Uh, we picked him for his first game against Kamal and Quinns and he had a man of the match performance and we won 26-3. I think he kicked everything, every goal. Uh, he's very mature for a young 18-year-old. You know, he certainly doesn't play like an 18-year-old. He's physically very strong. he got a great kick, uh, goal kick with him and he, he's great to have on board. You know, he, what I like about Dan, he, he didn't come in with the attitude that he was a pro player and he needed to play. He earned his stripes through training. He, he's added significantly to the environment. You know, he was keen to run water on and whatever he needed to do. And then we've given him his chance. So that's, that's, that's good. A um, couple of the players that are uh, really shining so far. Uh, Shay Smith has been really good for us at uh, 13. Lloyd Evans at seven is, uh, you know, is playing his style of rugby. The front row, the competition is phenomenal, especially at Loosehead. You know, we've got three Looseheads that are batting it out, and uh, Jordan Walters, Rowan Jenkins are really playing well. And Reese Fawcett has been a revelation really since joining us from the Scarlets. Uh, and I, I could talk, you know, for right through the squad. You know, we've we've got a squad that everyone is competing against at least one other person for that position. So, yeah, it's really good. You know, it, it's exciting. You know, it's an exciting squad. Hugo Staffson and Swansea. What shape is Swansea in? All right, we're young, but it's exciting. It's a great time to test these players. I got, I think, a debut with four seventeen-year-old boys. You know, we can now that we're no relegation, also the where the rook club is, and it's been a tough year. Some players have finished because the age and the profile. We think, like a seventeen-year-old fullback who's been scoring tries, has been excellent. They've had seventeen-year-old boys. I think I had a, a winger playing against his own teacher the other day for Alex Abraham, so. <laughs> I think that's the worst Premiership before. I, I think it's been lost a bit for a while. But if we're going to find the next future regional Western National, they've got to play. And, and if they're not they're ready for regional rugby, what's next? You know, if we haven't got a Wales A or Wales 21s or 20s next stop, some boys are not mature till that age. And uh, I think it's the best place for it is the worst Premiership. A lot of young players coming through. In the last 18 months, has that been a, a deliberate process? Swansea's been doing that for a while. Well, we've been doing it for years, but I think we've got more of a... Look, if we make mistakes, don't worry. There's no relegation, there's no promotion for other clubs. But we all believe in the youngsters and like for the way things are going, a good blend. And We started later because of furlough, but look, we're looking to build something and we're going to join in a minute. We've had probably one slip-up so far, but no, a decent loss. But apart from that, we've breathed something nice down there. Obviously went down a couple of years ago, came back up. Young team trying to battle relegation has been yeah. the, uh, the yeah. issue now you don't have that no. does that allow you to really think of a two three year plan to yeah. develop the club look we haven't got the budget to build a club and buy a club and buy a team like some other clubs let's be honest but before I came I think the year we was, the year where two went down or four went down I think we had the seventh I think we ended up pre-Covid I think we were looking to be the fifth sixth so we had four home games left so we were on a bit of a roll and um, look we're never going to be a top two team, let's be honest. With the, no, but we're fighting and build something. And all I can ask for is represent what the club stands for, and that's a bit of breed of rugby down West Wales that we enjoy. And if the Premiership's going to develop to the levels we hope, it's going to be coaching quality that's going to play a big part of that. There's the likes of yourself with your experience, but there are quite a few in the room, aren't there? Yeah, there's a lot of young coaches out there. Look, I, I've been lucky to probably be been involved in some different environments, and different things. I know we're all learning players, referees, coaches, the media staff, everyone involved. You know, so for me, it's a great place for learning for a coach as well. And don't forget, I probably played against half these players, one of the coaches, when I was younger. So it's a great for me to step up but as a head coach the last two years and represent the club like Swansea and you know, massive history the club has got. Finally, you've named a few names, but who are the players we should be looking out for in a Swansea jersey this, yeah, no, this season? I think we usually say it's the collective we. 
There's, no, there's a lot of stand-up performers like young Harry Houston, who is an Osprey's uh, prospect, but he's been playing his game rugby with us. He's only 17 years old and he's making mistakes, but he's also learning and making line breaks. So if you make mistakes and make line breaks, it, we always say it evens things out. But as a collective, we no, we got unseen grafters and work horses like Callum Bowden of seven, Morstan boy proj- uh, prospect, and uh, like, it's too many of us to know the unseen work and I think that's where the way forward is Swansea is a collective we and I think that's been working the last couple of years Iros Evans Kandavri RFC So what sort of shape Kandavri uh, RFC in ready for this season after such a long break? Yeah well so we are with the cup competition uh, being a bit different this year you know we've, we've gone well in that competition so momentum is uh, you know favour at the moment but it's, it's in it fresh start you know and everybody's in the same position so the state will be wiped clean it, we start again in a fresh competition and every club will be bouncing again a momentum in a new competition. So, you know, we're fortunate to play the first game at home and as always, you always want to win your first game and, and get that, uh, you know, win on the, on the board. You've been involved in Hadovery for such a long time, but even for you, presumably the last 18 months have been a bit uh, weird and different and challenging. Oh, definitely. Um, See, full of false lawns and everybody's double-guessing what's going to happen next, but it's just uh, great to be back playing rugby, you know, and great to see the spectators watching the clubhouse is being busy and everybody doing what they enjoy doing and, uh, and it's, it's just you know it's, it's hopefully you know we won't have any more bumps in the road and we can keep on playing and, and keep enjoying playing rugby what's the attitude been try to almost stick in a time warp and pick up where you left off or use that time to try and develop and change i think it's given us all time to reflect and look at the way we're doing things and see if we can do things a little bit better refresh the squad a little bit and looking at uh, some younger players coming in to make sure you know, we're developing players for the pathway and everything else goes with that. So, but then we've got our core as well. You know, boys like Lee Reese and Roddy Jones and Jack Jones, you know, they're our backbone. But I think that's a good environment to develop players. And Thursday night rugby, when you play those games in S4C, part of a farming community, what's that going to be like for you? I think it's great. The Premiership needs every opportunity to showcase what we can do. And I think the product is very good. The club's got a responsibility then when the, when the TVs are on them to put a package out there that's entertaining for the for the people watching. And the games I watch on the Premiership usually they're very high standard and high volume play and lots of tries. Everything that the, the neutral viewer is looking for. And who are the players we should be looking out for in Landovery Colours? Yeah, well, we as I mentioned the, the, the stalwart, but we've got a young young back rower, Oshan Davis, who's, who's played some A-team rugby, so, you know, he's progressing well with us. And we've got a second row back rower as well, Griff Evans, again, who's had some A-team rugby. So, you know, they're two probably who are on the scarlet vision, really, players who potentially could come into their squad a bit further down the line. And then that's what the Premiership fundamentally is all about. I, I'd hope to, we're part of that pathway in developing players for the for the pro game and then obviously for the national game. And just finally, how long have you been at Flandovery? Ten years this year. Ten years in the coaching. Yeah. What keeps you going? What keeps you fresh? I just enjoy the game, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, I, my day job is rugby as well and, uh, you know, I'm not the best of losers, so you know, losing games motivates me to stop losing games. So it's uh, it's been okay so far. We've been winning more than we're losing, so Saturday night sleeping's been easy enough. But no, I think it's, uh, it's a great club to be part of. It's a small club rural club but uh, a lot of people working hard to make sure we were able to compete with the big boys in the, in the division You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast Now back to the news of the 2023 European Wheelchair Rugby Championships will be held at the Principality Stadium another new event for the venue Another example of how important it is to Wales's international reputation. 
A question for Welsh Government Deputy Minister for Arts and Sport, Dawn Bowden. Minister, I suppose we're talking about another major event coming to Wales. Probably not one that people had thought of until no. today's announcement, though. Indeed not, but it's very exciting, isn't it? So, uh, European Wheelchair Rugby Championship. We're going to be holding that event in the, you know, what we see here in Wales, clearly, is the home of rugby. And why not? This is going to be a fantastic setting, a fantastic stage for a tournament. You know, it's going to give us the opportunity not only just not only to showcase Wales again, but to, to showcase this sport. And, you know, we're the gold Paralympian medal holders, aren't we? So we're going to be uh, bringing them here and hopefully we'll see them do really well in that championship as well. Because a lot of what people see of Wales and sport is based around this stadium and the events that are yeah. held here. Just how important is it to you at your level? Oh, you know, the, this stadium is huge, isn't it? You know, physically, metaphorically, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's so important to Wales, it's so important to rugby, it's so important to, to sport generally. And as I say, you know, bringing this championship here on top of the other championships that we've held here, I think, you know, sets us apart again. It's amazing to think back. It was controversial to have a roof, the extra money on that. There are all sorts of elements that make the stadium now that nearly didn't happen. But how important is it that those decisions were made? We can hold different events here. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think we, you know, it does show that those were the right decisions at the time, controversial though they may have been, but other stadiums have, have followed suit, haven't they? And we've even seen Wimbledon's got a roof now. So those, those kind of things, yeah, you know, we innovated. We led the way, uh, not for the first time. It's obviously a disability event. How important is it that it's not just Wales against South Africa and New Zealand that is held here and that you're trying to attract? Hugely important. Uh, our programme for government is uh, running right the way through everything we do in, in government. We have access, equality, diversity, recognising all of that, celebrating all of that. It's running through everything that we do. So, you know, again, bringing a major championship that involves a disability sport absolutely fits into everything we're trying to do. With the Welsh Government City at the top, obviously, but there is a Team Wales approach to this, isn't there? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We look at what we want to do as a nation, don't we? Whether it's in sport or whatever it is. But uh, Welsh Government, as you say, sits at the head of this. We, we support what we can. We've supported this event and we'll be supporting it right the way through, hopefully to seeing GB in the, in the final. But everything that we do is about what is the best thing we can do for Wales, for its people, for its sport. And, uh, and this is all part of that. The launch of the 2023 European Wheelchair Rugby Championships was also a chance to speak to Jim Roberts, a Welshman who was part of the Team GB gold medal winning wheelchair rugby team in the Paralympics. A keen rugby player in his youth before bacterial meningitis resulted in the amputation of both legs. So was the chance of playing at the Principality Stadium something you always dreamt of and will he get the chance in around 18 months time? Honestly, I wish it was a couple of years earlier. Um, I'm probably on the way out of my career now and um, I'm looking to transition out of the sport. don't think that I'll be taking the, the court as a, as a player for GB, but um, it is amazing to think that those guys will be in what is probably the best rugby stadium in the world, showcasing wheelchair rugby. I think that's really special. It's somewhere you know, you've been as a fan. You were here a couple of weeks ago for the South Africa Games. So have you been able to give people a picture of what it could be like? Um, yeah, I... I Obviously, this is just news today, so a lot of the team don't actually know that it's going to be in the stadium. So uh, I think I'll try and try and let them in on, on what the noise could be like. I don't know if we'll, we'll manage to, to fill the whole stadium. That would be absolutely incredible if that were able to happen. But, um, but yeah, it's just to get the fans in and, and to showcase what an amazing arena this, this can be will be really special. Can we tempt you just to carry on? A couple of years, surely it's worth it. 
uh, I'm in a fair bit of pain when I play at the moment. Um, I'd quite like to look after my shoulders and a few of my other joints a little bit longer since I've got to use them the rest of my life. I've sort of been looking to end the sport for, for quite a number of years now and and it, honestly it was a, a big decision just to continue on to Tokyo and I was, I was glad I did that but I think I'll, I'll probably be pushing it if I, if I try and stick around a little bit past my sell-by date. It is a physical sport, isn't it? Just give a picture of what it's like to play. It is. It's, um, well, it's the only fully contact uh, wheelchair sport there is. The chairs take a lot of hammer. I can usually sort of get through a chair in about a year and a half and, and they're not cheap. It is full contact and it's, it's sort of almost bumper chess. I like to sort of refer to it as because it's quite a cerebral game. You've got to know what your teammates are doing and, and be all on the same page to really make the play work. But then there's that contact element that, that makes it such a great spectacle to watch. Paralympics, obviously the, the great pinnacle of recent times. What was that like? It was amazing and a massive thank you for Japan to actually hosting it. It would have been so easy for them to sort of say, no, COVID's too bad, we don't want to have it, we don't want all these people coming into the country, but they did an absolutely amazing job. It's just such a shame our friends and family couldn't be there with us. I've obviously celebrated with, with them since I've been back, but it, yeah, it would have, been, would have been nice to have them with us there. Going through the process, getting towards semi-finals, bronze medal match, final, what was that like? Terrifying. Honest, honestly, I was feeling the pressure quite a lot. I genuinely, before every game, apart from the final, I was wishing I was anywhere else but on, but there. Um, obviously, once you're playing, those sort of nerves subside and you just focus on what, what you've been training for. But yeah, and then, and then the gold medal game was sort of, the monkey was off our back, we'd won a medal. So it was sort of a lot more freedom and it was actually a really enjoyable game to play, which was something I found quite rare in recent times. So that was, it, I think it was a nice ending point to my career. And how much of a difference has it made being a gold medalist? Um, I work full time, so not, not an awful lot, to be honest. I landed on the Tuesday, I was back in the office on Thursday. A few of the site managers then were like, oh, let's see, see the medal and, and then quickly resumed with the rest of the meeting. So yeah, it, was, um, it, it has been amazing. I mean, there's been so much support and, from the public and friends and family that, that yeah, it, it, it's not the sort of thing that you want to just pass by. And I've been trying to make the most of it. And, Coming to events like this and, and Disability Sport Wales put on a lovely event for us. Yeah, and trying to make the most of it, to be honest. You know how much wheelchair rugby has developed in Wales through the Welsh Rugby Union, the number of teams increasing. How different is it to when you were starting and how much do you get involved now in that development? It's massive. Like, I guess there were really only two clubs involved in, in Wales when I first started playing. And, and I was living in Bracken at the time and, and sort of had to travel down to Lantrissant to just sort of couple hours in, in my first rugby chair but just seeing how much it's progressed is, is a testament to the whole of GBWR, the WIU, the, all the support and work that people behind the scenes have done to grow the game and, and sort of that UK sport money and, and it's just helped us so much along the way that um, I think the sport is in a good place moving forward and hopefully there'll be some, some new players and new talent emerging in these, in these areas. And if you're not going to be here in two years, that's a shame. But having an event like this in Cardiff, how much will that boost the game in Wales and produce more Jim Robertses in the future? Well, I, th I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing that comes, comes from it. I'd, I'd love to think that there'll be some, some Welsh rugby fans that perhaps didn't know that they could get involved with wheelchair rugby and then see a sport showcased in what is probably the best stadium in the world. We'll be intrigued and, and perhaps look to get involved and, and hopefully form pathways that way. So yeah, I'm excited to see what the legacy from hosting an event like this will be.
So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more next week. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>